welcome to the K-Talk podcast and today we are going to talk about virtual businesses and surviving in a time when your business is shut. Here are some tips and tricks that you can use. It's rare that lately I actually get the chance to put all my ideas that I have written down um, into a podcast just because like life has been really crazy during this pandemic. Like things have really changed. Um, like our interactions, you name it, everything has changed, including business. So my podcast is a bit behind because I wanted to have a consistent schedule to upload. So that is what you guys are going to get from me from now on, I promise. So let's get into this. How to keep your business afloat during a pandemic, which is really tough. Um, I mean, there's lots of relief programs. A lot of businesses are going out of business. But this is really more for like the small business owner. Like, how can you actually keep your business moving? How can you pay people? How can you pay your bills? How can you pay your rent? How can you keep afloat? So let's start with what kind of business do you actually have? So there are a lot of businesses that are unable to go online for numerous reasons because they don't really have a product or they don't have a service in which they can translate to an online business. For example, let's take the masseuse. A masseuse cannot translate their business to online because who's going to get a virtual massage? Like, I don't think the human brain is there yet. Um, So businesses like that, you will not be able to open. That's just not a thing unless you want to take your chances with COVID. I mean, that's your choice. Um, I think that this is a really crucial time because if you are somebody who has sort of like a business like masseuse, which is like a one trick pony at this point, um, it's really now the time to double up on your skills and the things that you can offer to expand your business. Something in which people will come to um that won't lower your money because to be honest, people still are getting massages. It's just that the traffic is a lot lower than it was previously. And if you are somewhere like downtown Toronto, there is no way that you're going to be able to cover your rent with one client to two clients per day. It's just not going to happen. And also feed your family and pay your bills. So now is definitely the time to double up on your skill, especially if your business is closed or you have reduced numbers, now is a good time for you to focus on something that you can also sell. I personally always believe in co-partnership. I think it's really, really important in any business. It doesn't really matter what you do. If you have a service, you should have a product. If you have a product, you should have a service so that you can somehow balance out your income instead of just kind of leaving it flat. Because there's gonna come a time when, for example, again, the masseuse or nails or hair or something that you will not be able to monopolize on that and you will need to pay your bills so you will need something else like a product like a hair gel or something to go um to go hand in hand with that um but that being said i think it's really important that during this time people really evaluate their business i know that i have um some of my businesses have had less traffic Some of them have not. To give you an example of what that looks like is during the pandemic, I have sort of re-shifted, redesigned and reorganized my business plans. I've changed one of my businesses, specifically my lingerie business. That is a product-based business, 
but I want to make it as effective as possible, um, especially when it comes to shipping out items, people picking up items, um, using things like Facebook Marketplace. Like those things can be very, very complicated during COVID, um, specifically because the postal service is a lot slower and just various other complications. So I've used this time to do that. Now, my other business, my coaching businesses have been doing really well. And that's because those are not one trick pony businesses. Those are duo businesses. Um, in fact, you can have a one-to-one or a virtual visit. Um, but I have sort of restricted my one-to-ones. I am not doing any one-to-ones right now. I'm doing virtual one-to-ones, but I'm not going in-house. I'm not doing in-house assessments. I'm not creating daily routines. Well, I am virtually and I'm checking in virtually, but I'm not doing it in-house at this time. Mainly because during COVID, you need to be careful. And like I continuously say, it's not really about myself. It's about my family. It's about infecting... Well, at the time I had a partner. So at this moment, not infecting my partner, but it's it's about not spreading it to other people. So me going somewhere and carrying it from city to city is not really a thing. Um, so those are businesses that could go virtual and they have gone virtual. And I'm a huge fan of virtual. That's why I love digital art. I love all those things because I am a virtual person. Now, this is not for everybody. But I would encourage you to spend time on picking up your skills, especially when it comes to the computer, so that you can figure out a way to monopolize your business. So one of the key areas or one of the things that I would really focus on is thinking about how you can take your business, if you want it to survive, to a more reachable uh, place like to a more is reachable word. I don't think so. Anyways, um, where you can expand your business, um, so that people don't need to come in house to see you. Uh, one of the things I saw on YouTube the other day, there was this man who has a pen business. I didn't even know that that was an actual business. Wow. Shame on me. He has a pen business. He's had it for so many years. COVID has really drastically affected him. Now he sells his pens online. And the thing with online businesses is You don't usually have an overhead. Some of us do, but you don't usually have an overhead because you can do it from your home. You can do it from your basement. You can do it from your closet. It doesn't really matter. So I feel like that's really important to say. Um, And I encourage people to to really look into this, like especially during COVID. I think COVID is sort of like a break time um, for you to think about ways to be innovative innovative i just said that like myra from schitt's creek wow i've been like double dosing on my tv shows um but yeah it's really the time to sort of like expand your skills um and i don't think that many people should let this opportunity pass you by because you may not get this chance again when you have this much downtime to sort of think about how you can propel yourself going forward or how you can make your business so much bigger and so much better than what it is right now The second thing that I want to talk about is not just skills, but also assessing your business. Um, they're like, there's like a lot of businesses that pre COVID they were struggling to survive. And when I mean struggling, they were struggling to survive. They were not making money. Now that COVID has happened and there is a little bit of relief and a lot of people have closed their doors. I think it's time for some business owners, not that you should not be an entrepreneur, But maybe you should close the door on this particular business and start again. 
And I would say that a lot of businesses probably have to adopt this model because you have no idea how long COVID is going to last. And yeah, nobody's telling you this. So I'm going to be nice and I'm going to tell you, you need to pull the plug. There are businesses that just cannot survive for numerous reasons. Uh, A, it's hard for them to get online. B, commercial rent is so expensive. C, they don't have the clientele. D, they're not reaching people. E, probably the most, the most explicit of them all and the most offensive, offensive is that they are not diverse businesses, meaning that they cater to one subset of people, which is highly inappropriate even in 2020, but that is partially why. And I'll tell you the biggest downfall of those particular niche types of businesses. The problem that a lot of them have is that they don't spend money marketing. They spend money on things such as like Groupons, which takes most of their money away. They spend a lot of time making rules and tedious tasks and all these other things when they should be spending their money marketing. Marketing is really exp- uh, uh, expensive. Excuse me. What, what? No. Marketing can, marketing can be expensive, but I'm not talking about it in terms of expense. Marketing is an excellent tool to use to diversify your business. And by diversifying your business, it helps to build your clientele. It helps to attract more people. I did speak previously in one of my other podcasts about referrals. This is where referrals work, is through diversification. If you do not, do not have diversification, referrals don't really work to your benefit. But you don't really know who's interested in your business from who isn't interested in your business. And that's why like, when you do marketing which I cannot stress enough, market, 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 um, it changes everything. Like when businesses started to struggle, it was not really the time to jump on Instagram. Let's be real, Um, especially with ad campaigns and Facebook and all these other things. It wasn't the time. Your business should have been on Instagram before that because when COVID happened, a lot of people who work from home or have their small businesses at home, that's when they actually were thriving. And Instagram, as many of you know, works off of an algorithm, and that is what showed up mostly. People at home who are making waist beads, hair products, I don't know, oil, body oils, you name it. That's where their businesses went higher. And I think that a lot of people in their mind, and this kind of goes back to the whole idea about entrepreneurship, the way that they have about the ideas they have about entrepreneurship is just not right. And what I mean by that is I hear all the time like, oh, I'm a businesswoman. I can, you know, I don't have to come into work and I can do this and I can. But that's not entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship, like true entrepreneurs. They work 24-7, meaning 24 hours, seven days a week on how that they can keep their business and their people paid. That's what they want to do. That's how they work. They don't say, well, I'm a businesswoman, so, you know, it's so difficult, but then nobody ever sees you. And when I, when I, I personally believe that when people get a commercial spot or where they land a store or whatever you want to call it, they tend to think that they're above certain areas, such as marketing, because I assume that in their mind that having a store or a spot or a slot means that they are marketing because people will drive by and see this. That is not true. That is absolutely not true. Digital marketing has never been easier. Even for you yourself to digitally market, which I teach people how to do this themselves, it means everything. 
to you as a small business owner. When I started my, my business, that's what I did. That is what I did. I learned to market because I didn't want to pay anybody. I learned to code because I didn't want, again, to pay anybody. I learned to do these things for myself so that I could keep my money in-house rather than spell it, uh, rather than spending or outsourcing it. That's what I did. And I think that a lot, a lot of people just don't really get it. And I mean, at some point you have to be cost effective. One of the things that I think is like ridiculous is that there's this idea that like entrepreneurs don't work like, oh, once you open your business, you're huge. Yeah, that's not true. Once you open your business, it's nonstop work until you get to a successful place that your business can run without you. That is the meaning of that whole word about entrepreneurship and success. If your business cannot run without you, then I'm sorry, that is not a successful business. That means that it still needs your manpower behind it, which is, you know, it could be good or bad. And that's why I'm saying during this time, it's time for people to assess. Some businesses should close their doors. Um, You know, it's unfortunate for the businesses that, you know, are facing hard times and they didn't see this coming and like they were doing well before COVID and they've tanked. That is really unfortunate. But for the other half of people whose businesses were tanking before COVID and were still kind of hanging on and coming up with a plan, and now that COVID has happened, many of them will never recover. And I just think that it's very hurtful, especially if they don't have the personal money themselves, to the, to them and also to their clientele. I know that, for example, right now in the fitness industry, that is a huge issue um, because of COVID. A lot of gyms, classic gyms in Toronto that have been around for ages have closed. Um, Restaurants have closed. Bars have closed. Everything has closed because the, the climate, right? Nobody's spending money, you know, especially in the food business. It's very, very difficult. Um, and that is no shade because I personally used to eat out quite a lot before COVID. Um, that was like my social thing. Uh, so it's interesting how all of our patterns have changed. And in regards to the fitness industry going online, I have a couple thoughts about that. So I spoke a lot about, you know, going online, being virtual. And I want to circle back to that. So when it comes to the fitness industry, I am a huge fan of online fitness, although it's really hard for me to get going, but I'm a huge fan. I like the online fitness industry. I think it's a good industry, but let me be very clear about something. If you are taking your fitness business online, You better have some sort of way to differentiate what you do from other people. You better. Because if you don't, I'm telling you right now, you are a needle in a very large haystack. Very large. Um, And by that I mean it is really difficult for you to differentiate what you do if you are a fitness person. Primary example is things like yoga. Yoga is an oversaturated market. I'm sorry if you are a yoga person and you are listening to this. My apologies, but I'm just telling you the fact. It is oversaturated. It is everywhere and anywhere. It is all over YouTube for free. There are free apps that people can use. They have live classes for five bucks. There's like a whole different like department. And I am not reading on yoga. I like yoga. But to a certain extent, but I'm not paying anybody to teach me yoga. That's just facts. 
And that's because, like I said, it is oversaturated. There is so many yoga teachers out there. There are so many people doing this for free. I don't see why I should have to pay. That's just my bottom line. I don't see why I should have to pay, especially because yoga is considered sort of, you know, it's part of like the whole self-care routine and all. like, why should I pay you? Like, that sounds mean, but why should I? Why should I pay 60 bucks a month when I can easily do it for five bucks? Or I can schedule my live classes. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I can schedule my live classes as I want. Why should I pay for that? And that's why I am saying that that's an oversaturated market. So if you're doing something like yoga, I hope you have something else to offer. Nutrition or something else. Because just yoga alone, not many people are going to be tuned in. Then we could look at other avenues. We could talk about like fitness, fitness. Like Pilates or... Yeah, like Pilates really. Those are like... those are. You would think that those markets would be saturated, but they're actually kind of not. Um, there's still like a lot of people who are willing to pay for those kinds of things, Pilates specifically, mainly because there's some motivation needed for Pilates. There's no motivation really needed for yoga. There's motivation needed for Pilates for many different reasons, um, specifically because most people have issues within their stomach, like they have insecurities about their stomach. Um, they have insecurities about like different body parts and, you know, Pilates is a struggle, I know for me personally, it was a struggle. So it is a struggle. You do need some encouragement. You do need some guidance so you don't injure yourself, specifically your back. Yoga is the same. You do need, you, you, well, do you need guidance? You maybe do need some, depending on who you are, you may need guidance. But with Pilates specifically and um, like weight training, you may need guidance specifically if you don't know what you're doing. If you haven't done it before, then you would perhaps need a walkthrough video on how to do them but also YouTube is free just saying just saying um but yes if you're going to put these skills forward you definitely need to have something in something that you can add to it because it by itself is just not going to to work I'm sorry it's not going to be effective having it by itself because it's for free and I can't state that enough um you know, there are lots of people on YouTube that have free programs, but they have other things. They have sponsorships, they have brand deals, which is a sponsorship, but sort of not really. Um, they have other avenues so they can offer a free material. And I always say this. So I tell most of the clients that I coach when it comes to my business is that free, if you can afford it, is always great. Offering things for free gets people in the door for other things. And a lot of people know this, and that's why their businesses are successful. When you can offer somebody a free service of some sort or a discounted service, it actually kind of helps with your business. In terms that the person may just try it out, but then they might buy something else. So, for example, I don't know, I give a talk um, for free, but I have shirts for five bucks. They might buy their shirt for five bucks. And then they might have my logo and then they might book an appointment. Like, so it kind of works in a different way. I think that people need to think outside of the box when they think about advertisement, especially after COVID. You need to think about the fact that advertisement is anything and everything. It could be word of mouth. It could be a photograph. It could be whatever. Advertisement is in everything that you do here on forward. It is important that you think about your business in that way. 
because you can sort of become like embody your business really that's sort of like the place that you need to think about 